your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Tuesday, but it's a short week, so it's kind of Wednesday. And for some of you, it might be Thursday. If you don't have to work on Thursday, because you lucky dogs get Christmas Eve off. I'll be here. Dr. Anthony Chagrowski will be here on Thursday as well, giving you a two-day preview to what the show is going to be. Uh, I have 500 tabs open, so I don't know even really know which one to start with, because that's how I do the show. I just open a billion tabs and then try to, to cherry-pick uh, some notes on each one. But there's a lot of stuff going on today, aside from, you know, just hopefully getting our $600 checks by next week or this week. We should be, we should get them by tomorrow, really. I mean, just zip it out. Get our $600 checks. We got Christmas shopping to do. Like my little brother, always Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve. He could use the $600. What are you going to spend your $600 on? I feel like a lot of people just spend it on food which is pretty much most of what I spend my money on. 608-785-7914. In a couple of minutes, I'm going to call, uh, or Stu, Stu Ireland with the National Weather Service of La Crosse is going to call. And we've got, uh, hopefully we can have some fun with Stu and in a couple of different things. All, and obviously they're going to deal with, deal with weather and it's winter. It's almost Christmas. So the snow, right? Are we going to get snow? What's going to happen? I know there was reports today too uh, about just, it's going to get really cold out. And we've got a story on wisdom right now that we already talked to the national weather service today, but I don't, I don't think we did a good enough job. So I wanted to talk to them more. I want to talk to another forecaster, at the National Weather Service. So we talked to Jeff Mikowski today on Wisdom News. Uh, we're not going to have a wet Christmas, apparently. But we could talk to Stu about, you know, what, what we can do about that. Maybe we can maybe we can get the Mount Lacrosse to, you know, let us borrow the snow machines that have probably been running constantly every day of the week, every day this week to, uh, to get another ski run going for the weekend as they opened last week. Uh, what else do I got? I got so we're gonna t- talk to him in a couple of minutes. I I saw the Lacrosse Police did a couple of posts today. One one's like really fun and interesting to talk about, and one's a little like tiptoey to talk about. But the Lacrosse Police first they shared, you know, what to do about porch pirates and that they caught a porch pirate or, a, or four of them actually. Uh, it's funny that we call them porch pirates. But I guess they pillage and plunder our porches. <laughs> it's such a funny thing. Anything pirates is funny to me, though. So, uh, but that yeah, they shared the idea that they shared the the fact that they caught four people over the weekend. I think they they stole stuff from ten families on your porches, and the whole idea of of how we have things delivered. It's very very funny. Like why wouldn't like why wouldn't there be a hundreds of porch pirate thefts a day in especially around this time of year right like why and and how desperate people are oh there's a box sitting on your porch um yeah i'm just gonna walk up and down the block and grab all the boxes maybe i'll have a a little red wagon and i'll just pile all the boxes and, and and see you later maybe have something better than the red wagon because i feel like eventually somebody's gonna see you do that 
and then chase you, and it will be difficult to run with a little red wagon full of Amazon boxes. Um, but yeah, this the whole idea of how we uh, have packages delivered. It's funny. I might have I might have burned out my porch pirate talk, but I probably will rehash it. Um, the other the other story that the Lacrosse Police Department um, posted today. Well, they did they did also say uh, yesterday that Sergeant Tom Walsh is retiring after thirty years. Thirty years of being a police officer in lacrosse. He's retiring. He's a guy that we've talked to quite often and uh, have had some fun with. Um, so he's he's retiring. But the latest post from the police department was uh, that they're releasing their transparency standards, their professional standards report for the year, and they're launching our complement and complaint webpage. <laughs> so we can go on there and send... Uh, complimented employees and complain. I see I just called the, the the police station too and now I forgot. I feel like I talked to Zeke and that wasn't the it sounds like well I won't I won't say it. I was thinking that maybe that was the canine. <laughs> Sorry Zeke. Uh, but I I called dispatch. I had a funny question that I'm going to get to with Stu from the National Weather Service after the break here but um so if I hit compliment a lacrosse police officer what happens? Okay, you just put your full name, your mailing address, your phone number, your email, all those required. Is this required? I don't know if they're required. And then uh, date, approximate, location of incident, badge number if you know it, and provide a brief description. You only get 2,000 characters to describe your compliment. I wonder if the complaint is 2,000 characters. That would be funny if it was like 14 characters. You get... 128 characters to file a complaint. Um, kind of the same thing. And five, oh, it does, you get 5,000 characters. So that's funny. You get, you know, a little, a little more than half as much room to file a complaint, which is, that makes sense. If you have a compliment, you're going to say, you're going to be able to be pretty succinct about that. But if you have a complaint, you're probably going to really go off, go off the wire. But it would have been funny if it was like complaint, 128 characters. You essentially get the uh, size of a tweet to file a complaint with the city's police department. But if you want to compliment us, 2,000 characters. Go go right ahead. Um, so, yeah, those two things are up on their on the police pages, cityoflacrosse.org page. Ooh, I haven't checked the, uh, the mayor page yet to see if any new mayors have uh, declared candidacy. Give me one second, and then I'll get to Brad in the news here. And then I'll call Stu up. One, two, three. Nope, same. Still got six. Jessica Olson, Martin Gall, Mitch Reynolds, Chris Stopla, Stolpa, who we talked to yesterday, Vicki Markison, and Sam Schneider. If you want to listen to uh, the Chris Stolpa interview or any of these shows, wisdomnews.com, go to podcasts, and you can listen to him there. I have talked to Mitch, obviously, Chris, and Jessica Olson already, candidates for mayor. And then I will probably talk to you know i'll probably talk to to at least one next now probably two next week or maybe all of them maybe go monday wednesday friday we'll get them all something like that um the day de- the deadline to file it is a short week next week though the deadline to file is january 5th so even if you don't live in lacrosse you could still file because you just got to move to lacrosse for 28 days before the election which is like march 9th somewhere around there i couldn't quite do the math depending on you know like a, is it march 8th march 10th like what how do you justify 28 days is it 28 days before the day of the election 
or is that 28th day, the day of the election? So around early March, move to lacrosse, get there maybe just to be safe, March, March 7th. And, and then you can run for mayor officially and you won't be in trouble. Uh, Chris did tell me yesterday uh, before the show that he got his signature. So um, he said he got him twice because he got his signatures on essentially the wrong form. There must be very technical. You got to get him on a certain form. He said he got him on the wrong form and then he had to go and get all the signatures again. And it sounded like he didn't have a whole lot of trouble doing that. But it's kind of funny and sad. I guess you're not just using a, a spiral notebook to get the signatures. There's a there's a official form there. I feel like spiral notebook would be fine. All right, we got to hit Brad in the news. We'll be back. I'm going to talk some, have some fun with the weather guy. All right, stay tuned. Oh, the weather All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM and Andy Williams Tuesday. But playing the song because we got Stu Ireland on from the National Weather Service of Lacrosse. Stu, do you get really sick of maybe people playing the song when you walk around? You know, um, as long as it doesn't start too early um, in the in the holiday season, we don't mind listening to a little Christmas music. Not so, not the day after Halloween. That's too early. In, in my personal opinion, yes, that would be too early. Let it snow has got to be the go-to song, though, right? The the go-to weatherman Christmas song. Well, that depends. If if you are a snow lover, certainly Let It Snow would be your song. Um, If you're somebody that uh, is not into snow, then, you know, maybe you might want to have something more toward a brown Christmas, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We've canceled cultured uh, Baby It's Cold Outside, so we can't play that one anymore. So. Well, you know, that actually may be very appropriate coming up here for some of the weather we've got coming uh, at us. Yeah, I saw I saw on the on our, our AP wire, so this is kind of more just across Wisconsin that we're we're going to it's going to get really cold on Christmas. I huh? just just wind and and just terrible terrible cold weather, huh? Yeah, we've got a pretty strong system that's going to be moving across the upper Midwest that uh, may bring a little bit of snow to our local areas, but I think the big thing for us then is behind that is uh, we're going to be looking at some much colder temperatures. And uh, the wind chills for uh, Christmas Eve morning there, those look like they'll be getting down into the about 15 to 25 below range, which will certainly be some of the coldest air we've had uh, for the young winter season across the area so far. All right, so a, a lot of people are, are we're not supposed to be traveling or going home for Christmas, but I'm I'm guessing a lot of people are going to do that. Is is travel going to be safe as as opposed to like is, is it going to rain and then freeze are we going to have is is it going to be safe to travel around that Christmas Eve Christmas daytime? Well, so I think Wednesday looks to be our biggest impact with that. Um, looks like tomorrow we're going to be starting out there probably with some light rain um, across the area as temperatures will be uh, up into the upper 30s, maybe even around 40 degrees. But then that cold front comes through, much colder air comes in pretty quick behind that. So if there's any moisture that's on the roads, it certainly could freeze up and cause some slippery conditions. Then you've got some little bit of light snow falling at the same time for the local area. That could create some slippery conditions uh, with those strong winds. Could maybe even be a little bit of some blowing snow, especially up on the bluff tops. Um, amounts around the local area here don't look to be all that much. We may only get about a half inch in the lacrosse area, but certainly if you have any travel plans to the north and west of the area, 
say up toward Minneapolis, Twin Cities area, they are going to be seeing considerably more snow and uh, still having those strong winds and uh, maybe even some blizzard or near blizzard conditions up that way. All right, we're speaking with Stu Ireland. He works at the National Weather Service of La Crosse. Stu, you've been doing this for 30 years, 20 years in La Crosse, but you didn't know that the police have canceled alternate side parking until we get some snow? You didn't know that? No, you know, they didn't check in with us for that. I, that's hard to believe that they wouldn't, uh, you know, kind of give us a, a jingle and see our thoughts, uh, uh, what our thoughts are about that. Okay, so I called police earlier today and I asked them, because it, the, the, the alternate side parking will be reenacted, essentially, when we get accumulation of snow. But I asked them if it rained and then it froze, would we... Would that would that count? And they said they said essentially no. It's got to be snow. So when all all people in lacrosse want to know, you know, aside from having a white Christmas, it doesn't sound like we're going to have that. Is when are we going to get accumulation of snow that's going to force us to to uh, move our cars at midnight? Well, if you are a fan of not having to go out and move your car every night, it looks like you're probably going to be pretty safe for the next week anyway. Like I said, the snowfall we've got tomorrow only looks to maybe be about a half inch at most. I wouldn't think that would be enough for the police department to uh, enact that rule there, but, you know, I I don't work for them, so I'm not certain there. And then it looks like uh, maybe... Sunday and Sunday night into early Monday, there might be a chance for a little bit of more snow. But again, those chances aren't real high. Doesn't look to be a lot. So you know, uh, we might be doing okay for that uh, at least out until uh, the middle of next week as we approach the New Year's holiday. Now, when you're doing these weather forecasts, I know you're on the phone, but are you pointing to a map? Do you feel like the need to do that, like the TV guys do? Well, you know, I actually spent a little time in TV, so yeah, my hands are going like crazy over here as I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, all right, so so it doesn't sound like you know. Is there? Can you predict ahead of time when you think maybe we would just get like a big snowfall? Is there? I mean, that's way out. You know, beyond a week. I mean, I'm sure the percentage of uh, you know, like your ability to be right is probably pretty sad, sad as you predict further than a week out. But is there? Is there any guesses? Well, you know, certainly we like to think our forecasts are spot on when we're talking about the next couple of days. But you are right. As the farther out in time we go, the the lower the, those chances become that the, the forecasts are going to be, you know, really absolutely correct. But we do have a general idea. And, and kind of looking out into January um, with the one-month outlook that's come out, it looks like, um, you know, it's equal chances for precipitation, which means, you know, it, it could be lower than normal, it could be normal, or it could be above normal. There's no real strong signal as we look out over the next month of January. So it could be a lot of what we've seen here recently, maybe some weaker systems moving through, or maybe there could just be one system that comes through and gives us a lot of snow. Those are the type of details we don't really know at this point as we look that far out into the future. Stu, I see what... <clears throat> Stu, I see what you did there. Excuse me. I uh, I see what the, you said. It, it could be less than normal, normal, or more than normal. Well, what else is there? That's it. <laughs> well, you know, I got my dart out and I threw it at the board, and that's what it told me to say. So I'm just doing what my what my tools tell me. Uh, so the joke the jokes always uh, the weathermen can't predict the weather. They can't even tell. I, I mean, are you sure you've heard that uh, a million times? But can you give us like maybe some inside? You know, maybe a, a look inside into the National Weather Service. Do you guys, 
have a competition amongst yourselves how correct one is versus the other you know who's who's got the prediction the best is there a is there a hierarchy like who's ranked number one number two there in the national weather office you know there a few short years ago that was something that we used to do we used to have a plaque up on the wall and said hey you know this guy did the best um over the past uh, three months we'd kind of look at it quarterly but uh, kind of with some of the change in the way in which we do the forecasting um, now, where we're using a little bit more of a an ensemble uh, method, which means we take a blend of a whole bunch of models, which gives us, a, in general, a better predictability. Um, we really don't care so much, you know, who's doing the best at any one time. We're just we all just try to do our best that we can um, every day that we're here. So what do you think in 30 years, uh, in 20 years in the cross, what do you, what's your percentage of uh, predicting the weather? What do you think? Well, again, I would, I would hope that as, the, as we go, more we go out in time here, especially as computing power continues to increase and our models that we look at get better, that uh, we'll start to see you know, improvements in those day three through five forecasts and then take that and go from those six to ten day forecasts will start to get better and and you know as you keep going farther out in time you'll start to see incremental improvements and uh, but you always have to know that the farther out those forecasts go probably the less reliable they're going to be how how awful or how tough was it to predict the weather in the 90s as compared to today Oh, you know, that was pretty darn difficult because we certainly didn't have the um, computing power that we do now. And uh, we used to look at maps on printed paper versus actually looking at things on a computer screen. So it would uh, it would take, you know, upwards of uh, one to two hours for a complete model run for to come in for us to look at. Where now we can have things in here to look at within a half hour when the model is, has been completed. So, you know, there, there, for, for me, over the last 30 years, there's been a lot of changes. And like I say, I, I think as computing power continues to increase, we'll see more changes like that as we continue to go forward over the next 20 to 30 years. Now, does that make, obviously it makes your job easier and it's less time consuming, but you probably have to figure out some computer linguistics there and, and learn in that way. Is, is that part of the job? Is that pretty tough to do? Learning all the, the way, different ways you can get the weather? Maybe, maybe we have so much technology that you're expected to predict more things in the weather or is the job just significantly easier than it was 30 years ago when you started? Well, you know, with the increase in the models, you know, maybe looking at the weather and trying to determine what is going to happen maybe has become a little bit easier. But society, especially as we've turned into the social media era, has become more reliant on getting their information in quick hits and in different methods than what they did even 10 years ago. So we've kind of taken that time where we used to maybe spend um, more time on the forecasting. Now we have more time available because the models are better and they come in quicker. We've changed to doing a different way of messaging. You know, the Internet is a big part of what we do now, of getting our message out along with the social media uh, platforms where we're making graphics that we send out on a daily basis and we're updating those several times a day to help get our message out there. So um, we're using that time that we have gained to help push that messaging in other ways. Yeah, you guys, your your Facebook page is great. I love, I love, it's funny, it's informative, it's one of the better, you know, follows, I think, if anyone's not following the National Weather Service of La Crosse, it's a great 
Uh, you you got to have some creative people though to to have some of those funnier posts. Is that you? Yeah, you, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's a team effort. Um, as far as the social media part of that comes from our office, um, we we kind of try to think ahead of time of uh, you know what what is what's the point that we're going to try to make and try to tailor our graphics and our messaging toward that. So yeah, face, Facebook is is very big for us. Um, we also have a Twitter feed, so, so those people that are on Twitter can see a lot of that same information there. And we also just recently moved on to Instagram. So you can, if you're an Instagram user, you can find us over there as well, where we're trying to maybe make uh, some different points, trying to not necessarily always repeat what we do on the other stuff, but still get our message across about the weather. Uh, what does a weather guy think of the Farmer's Almanac? Well, you know, it's it's something that's out there. We know that people uh, there are some uh, people, especially the the older generation, that uh, will rely on that. But uh, uh, you know, we we really don't pay a whole lot of attention to that here. Um, we we know when it comes out, but uh, I don't think there's anybody that puts a, a lot of um, belief into what they have to say. Now, do you guys keep a woolly bear caterpillar around just to predict the snowfall? Well, you know, now that is a whole different story there. We definitely do go by those woolly bears in the fall. Um, you know, we've got uh, a couple people here that are going to be out looking for them and counting the stripes and uh, and reporting back as to what the weather's going to do based on, on what they find. I mean, i got to think, being up on the bluff, there's got to be woolly bears all over the place. Yeah, you know, right next to the trails up here, we do have a few grass and woods up here, so... Um, you know, we, we do have to be aware for, of them as we're driving in because we certainly wouldn't want to squash them because then we wouldn't know how many stripes they have. Yeah, you wouldn't know the weather. You know, you'd, you'd all be fired. Hey, Stu, I really appreciate you coming on and having some fun with us. Okay, hey, no problem. All right, see ya. All right. That was Stu Ireland. He's uh, been in lacrosse doing the weather for the last 20 years. He's been doing it for 30 years overall. Works up at the, on the top of the bluff there at the National Weather Service. Uh, sounds like we're in good shape for alternate side parking. I really just wanted to ask if when when we're going to get an accumulation of snow. Not this week. It doesn't sound half inch. Hard to say if the police are, will start ticketing. The, the police are looking for any and every reason, right, to ticket ticket us for alternate side parking. So as soon as there's one snowflake that that lasts more than 24 hours, we're getting tickets, right? All right, we got Brad doing the news. Scott's comment coming up next. We'll be back. <laughs> I know I said we cancel cultured the song, but I found it. So it's in our system. It hasn't been cancel cultured at Midwest Family. It is kind of an inappropriate song, though. <laughs> 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I'm having some fun with some of the texters. Debbie, I should have probably said this at 515, but I was distracted with Stu Ireland at the National Weather Service. She said avoid Highway 16. So this was a half hour ago. Uh, Blaine's accident. Police and, fi- and police and fire vehicles uh, in front of Blaine's there on Highway 16. But a half hour ago. So if anyone's driving around and in that area, maybe give us an update. 608-785-7914. I know you probably don't text and drive. But if you're stopped because there's an accident, then I think you're good. Eric from Sparta is calling. Eric, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, what do you say? Uh, since we wait, 75, 7914. Uh, All right. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, 
what we were talking about. Oh, so I appreciate Stu coming on. I, I did find Rug was texting me. He, he wondered how Stu spelled his first name. And I asked, I, oh, I did ask him. Now I think about it. I did ask. It's S-T-U, Ireland, like the country. And uh, I looked at the National Weather Service webpage here out of lacrosse, the staff page. Stu is the number one guy on the list. So if you guys were listening last out, last half hour here, uh, we got the top meteorologist on the, the National Weather Service of lacrosse page, Stu Island, number one senior forecaster. Now there is a management staff uh, hierarchy, and Stu is not on there, but he is the number one guy on the list. And it doesn't appear, it, well, it might be in alphabetical order. Because there's four senior forecasters, and the last person is Kathy. Oh boy, Zapo. Oh my, Z A P O T O C N Y. Man, Zaponci. <laughs> oh man, I might. Uh, I might have to get Kathy on just to tell her to to have us tell her how to say her last name. I'm sorry, Kathy, for anyone that's listening and knows Kathy at the National Weather Service. Anyway. Before the before we we talked about the fact that there's not going to be snow for the foreseeable future and we won't have to worry hopefully about alternate side parking in Lacrosse until there's accumulation. So Stu said maybe an maybe a half inch. I don't know. Maybe that'll go away. I feel like it's got to be there for 24 hours too, right? Like because that's the shoveling rule in Lacrosse. Is that going to be also the alternate side parking rule? Does that snow have to be there for? Probably not. I don't know. I feel like the police are going to get any excuse to start that alternate side parking, right? To charge us money. We got to get tickets. We got to ticket everybody. I'm picking on police. I don't They. I don't actually think they want to do that. If you think about it, too, like, do police really want to drive up and down all the blocks in the cross? Get out, right? Get out. Oh, this car's on the wrong side. This car's on the wrong. Get out. Write stupid tickets. Put them on windshield. Go to the next car. It's winter. It's cold out. It's the middle of the night, middle of the early in the morning, whatever time they do that. I'm sure like there's probably just better stuff to do, which makes it all the more reason to have a different alternate side parking plan. So we're not just, you know, giving tickets out all day long. Um, the other thing that we were talking about, too, is the the idea that there's the, the, the idea that there the police caught four porch pirates. So it's funny that we call them porch pirates, first off. And uh, they, they stole from about 10 families. So stealing your packages on porches. Uh, they gave us some tips on their Facebook page. Have your package deli- delivered to work. If you want your package delivered to my work, just uh, mail it to Rick Solom, Midwest Family, downtown La Crosse here. Uh, it's fine. I'll open it. I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, they said reach out to trustworthy neighbors and have them Go get your package when it's delivered, and hopefully they don't open it, right? Uh, you can give special delivery instructions, so tell the UPS guy or whatever, the FedEx guy to go to your backyard, which kind of a bummer for those guys. Hey, can you just go to the backyard? you got to hop the fence. <laughs> you got to hop the fence, head to the backyard to uh, deliver my package, and then can you uh, you know hide it under the deck? So you'll have to crawl. You know, Can you crawl under the deck and just put it you know, under the steps there. Uh, they said to install lighting or video surveillance. Police said, okay, well, now I got to hire somebody. Install lighting. Come on. And uh, if a pirate does steal your treasure, they say. <laughs> We're really sticking with the pirate theme here, Lacrosse Police Department. 
uh, please report it to the police department. Uh, the other thing they, that the police have said in the past, and this has been a thing that other cities have done, is the police want access to your surveillance cameras. And I don't know how exactly they would want access, but it would be interesting if they just if somehow wired into your surveillance camera so they always had access. Hey, I don't care if you if something's going down, you want access you know, have at it. But what happens if it's you? What happens if it's you that does something? You know, you, you come uh, come home and a little stumbly, and 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 police got you on camera, and they have access to your camera. But uh, the, the, I think they 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 want at least a database of who has porch cameras or security cameras, so that anytime something goes down, whether it's the porch pirates are, or you know, maybe maybe. Th- somebody's driving by that that's uh you know making a getaway for something they've caught somebody doing something and they've anticipated that he's run down third street or whatever it's a terrible street to pick because it's downtown um and they want access they want to at least know who has a camera so that when they they figure out where this person may have driven by or ran by or, or or ran through some backyards, right? They can at least go to your house, call you up or whatever, and say, "Hey, can either we check or can you check your cameras at you know 10 p.m. on Thursday? We think somebody may have uh, somebody that we're trying to apprehend may have run by, and we want to we want a description or a license plate or whatever." I also feel like all the cameras that everyone has at their homes are so terrible that you would never get a very good description or a license plate from a car on the road. Uh, but who knows? I don't have security camera that's going to pick that up. I have security cameras. I guess I've, there's no way I'm getting a license plate, though. I did get a hummingbird, though, once. A hummingbird came right up to the camera and just looked and just sat there for like two seconds. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet video. Probably the best thing my camera's ever picked up. Uh, my security cameras are more from, uh, golden retriever camera so that I know when my dog uh, is ready to come in because she just chills out in the driveway. Uh, she's she kind of she's 10, so she's just chilling out there. And then uh, the camera, you know, goes off again when she moves and like, oh, OK, Millie's ready to come back in. All right, let's I'll go. I'll go get I'll go to the door, Millie. Uh, yesterday, we talked to who did we talk to? We talked to Chris Stolpa one of the mayoral candidates. But after that, we talked to Ron Kind. So I see there were a couple of texts uh, from this morning and some in the middle of the day just uh, complaining about the stimulus package. And um, we actually brought up Ron Johnson. So I think all five Republican, I could have this wrong, but all there were five Republican congresspeople and Ron Johnson, our senator from Wisconsin, all voted against the stimulus package. And it's a little confusing because it's there's two things that went down yet last night. The stimulus package, which was nine hundred billion dollars, right? Just um, and then there was the one point four trillion dollar government spending package. So you know, just just a couple of things to vote on. And um, Ron Johnson, the senator, he he voted against the stimulus package. He's kind of getting slammed on Facebook because he's put out some some statements and. One of these statements I actually agree with because, uh, whatever, typical D.C. dysfunction, he says, a 5,600-page bill spending hundreds of billions, hundreds of billions, right? Think about that. And we had less than nine hours to read it. So, yeah, that makes total sense. 
in a very broad scheme of things. Like, but but our but our senators and and House members are they actually reading all five thousand pages, five thousand six hundred pages, or are they just reading the pages that are relevant to their you know aisle? I guess I don't know, not aisle, but like their expertise. I'm sure there's some things in there that you know some of the Congress people are like. Mm. This isn't my avenue. I'll let the people that are smarter than me figure this out. But yeah, if you go if you go hunting for some of the ridiculous things that are in the at least the trillion dollar government spending bill, because I think people are getting confused at what the nine hundred billion dollar. It's so funny to say nine hundred billion and one point four trillion. Like, have we ever been able to think about this stuff? Um, but I think some people are getting the stimulus mixed up with the government spending bill. In, in terms of, you know, oh, my God, they're spending on missiles for the stimulus package. And it's like, no, they are spending on missiles, but that's the government spending package. But also that's weird. Like we're spending billions of dollars on, you know, whatever missiles. Nobody can comprehend that stuff anyway. We, it's another thing that we need to become experts on is military defense spending. Um, but also they spend they certainly spend a lot on military defense. So I agree with Ron Johnson here as we. We uh, have a 5,600-page bill, and we had less than nine hours to read it. That's his latest statement. That's today. But a couple of days ago, he had another statement, and he shared a video, but he said he's not against coronavirus relief, uh, but he says we already did a massive $3 trillion shotgun approach to spending with the CARES Act, and then and now, and now then he's complaining about this other act, which I guess if you, you want to say that the bill, they only had nine hours to read the 5,600-page bill, that would be shotgun approach. But the CARES Act passed in March. So you didn't really have a – not a shotgun approach is you had since March. And if you want to say the House passed legislation in May and, and revised that legis- legislation in October, you had two and a half months to go over that legislation, but – the, the Senate didn't do that. So, um, you know, we could talk about that over and over again. But the idea here at the end of the day is we're all going to get half what we got in March, $600. And for those who are still or may be newly unemployed, you're getting half what people that were unemployed in March got. They got $600 of unemployment checks for, you know, however many weeks. I think it was, was it a month or two months? And uh, everyone else now gets you know, everyone else now gets $300 checks. So the pandemic seems a lot worse. And if you're unemployed now versus then, um, or maybe still unemployed, it's probably a kick in the, you know, where the idea that you're getting half the amount of money on top of, I mean, you get your state unemployment, but now you get, you get an extra $300, which, oh, good. But, uh, you know, when you, when you look at some of the other things that maybe other places are getting, uh, Ron Johnson also voted down. He took one for the team. He voted down the direct $1,200 stimulus. The Senate, we, we complain about these omnibus bills, the bills that have 5 billion things in them, and we got to negotiate, and then we kind of come to a compromise. And um, But the Senate did try to pass, like, here's just $1,200 for everybody. Straight up, here's cash money. And Ron Johnson was one of the was the one senator that made that vote, voted it down. They only needed one senator to do that. So it looks like he took one for the team on that one. Um, All right, we got to take another quick break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Just going to wrap up here. Another day. 
Another $600 stimulus check. Uh, Sally's calling in. Sally wants to talk about that. Sally, go ahead. You're on the air. Well, this stimulus check is supposed to be for the people of this country, of the United States of America, not for Ukraine or any of these other countries that can give it back to our our people that work for us. Yeah, I, we pay these people. I think they should take a fifty percent cut in pay, like the doctors in the United States had to do when there were COVID patients. Mm-hmm. Many hospitals changed their uh, pay and took so much away from them, and they will get it back someday. But I mean, we need our doctors, we need our nurses. So where where are they you sure seeing? We don't need to pay people overseas and unregistered people coming into this country to get $600 and $1,200. Oh, where, where, are you, where are you seeing this, I Sally? Trump, where where are you seeing this? Where are you seeing this? This. Well, it's on the news. I don't watch. <laughs> I don't watch CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN. I watch Newsmax. Okay. And I watch Fox. Okay. And I'm a Trump girl. So okay. I hope that Trump stays in office for four more years. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure he lost the election, so that's, I think that's set in stone. But um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I believe that, again, we're, we're probably mixing stimulus package with uh, the trillion dollar government spending bill. But if you want to go, I do have some, some screenshots of, um, I don't know. And honestly, like, I'm not sure this could be in the stimulus package. There is money like that. So there's, uh, let's see here. It's really small print. Bangladesh of the funds appropriated under titles three and four of this act, not less than one hundred ninety-eight million dollars shall be made available for assistance for Bangladesh. And so there are there are a bunch of, uh, and it's always funny. Not less than. So here's one. Not less than ten million dollars for assistance for Pakistan. Um, trying to see what other ones here. Uh, El Salvador, $505 million. Uh, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're stimming everybody apparently with this, with this bill. I don't know what the compromise there was. Certainly seemed easier if we would have just had Ron Johnson vote yay on Friday to the $1,200 direct stimulus checks that the uh, Republican, I forget his first name, but his last name was Hawley, and Bernie Sanders, the Democrat, proposed. Just the senators there, there's some kind of weird thing in the Senate where they could just, if they got a 100% thumbs-up vote, everyone would have just got $1,200 checks. And I've argued with Ron Kind about that before. Why are we throwing everything in these omnibus bills to try to do, you know, and instead to try to throw a bunch of stuff and make everybody happy It'd be a lot easier if we just uh, if we just did that, and you know we could do it now and not worry about like it it uh, having having much to do with the election. Though I guess you know there's a Georgia election coming up right now that and and maybe that's why. But I like Ron Johnson's point that they had nine hours to read a five thousand page bill. That's not enough time. I mean, I, we, we could have took another week to let them read it, right? But then they they read too much into it, and then they got to delete some of the stuff, and then go back to the drawing board to renegotiate, and then it would never end. So, again, it takes so long to uh, 
to agree to these packages that if you just did them one at a time, then at least we'd know where everyone votes on this stuff, right? All right, we got to go. Thanks for listening.